welcome. I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and you are listening to the Beyond Being Well podcast, a show dedicated to helping women leaders like you take your wellness journey to your wholeness journey and beyond. Join me as we explore relationships, work, money, health, and purpose, and interview the best of the best in women's empowerment so that you can love deeply, expand fully, and contribute to a better tomorrow. So let's get cozy, settle in, and dive straight into the magic. Hi, it's your host, Meg. Welcome to the podcast. This is season two, episode four. Her Story, Money Mastery with Kat Vassello. I wanted to bring Kat onto the podcast because I believe after listening to the last episode where I shared my story with money, you probably want to hear from someone who does this for a living rather than someone who is muddling through it on her own. And so Kat is a financial empowerment coach and speaker who helps women rewrite their money story and reclaim their power. She works mainly with individuals and small business owners who are ready to get out of their own way and bring more consciousness to their financial lives without the fear, shame and conditioning that so many of us take on on our own. Kat's style is a mix of deep mindset work combined with practical tools, which makes her the perfect woman to bring on to this podcast, which is all about empowering women leaders. I'm not going to say much more other than just listen to this and take some notes if anything resonates and really try and stay open while you're doing so because it's so easy to get really deep down in shame and guilt when we talk about our money. So take a deep breath, open your chest, keep yourself busy while you're listening if you need to and let's dive in with Kat. Hey Kat, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me Meg, great to be here. All good. So I just wanted to introduce the listeners um, to how I came across you because it's kind of a cool story. I love how I get to connect with um, other women working in this area and I heard you on um, Holly's Mamas on a Mission podcast and it was just at this time in my life when I was um, really diving deep into my own financial empowerment and when I listened to you, I was like, oh, I just have to, I just have to like sit down with her and have a wine or in now I'm having a cup of tea and just like listen forever because you talked about things so simply and articulately. And I think you spoke in a language that, um, really allowed me as a woman to not feel ashamed. And I really appreciated that. And so I just wanted to say thank you for that and I'm really excited that you're going to share all of your wisdom with our listeners today. What beautiful feedback. Thank you. That's all good. So tell me, um, I want to go right in the deep end here um, because I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding that is happening in the world and I want some clarity on it. What is money? What is money? I think money is whatever story we want to ascribe to it, to be honest. I mean, lots of people say money is energy, money is, you know, money doesn't exist. Um, I think when you think about it, you know, practically money is paper and coins, really. It's, 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 a, it's a unit of value that we transact on a day-to-day basis. But I think 
the challenge that so many of us face is that we give it all of this extra extra value, this extra currency, I suppose, that it doesn't inherently have. So the challenge that a lot of us face is that, you know, when we when we layer on top this idea that there's not enough of it, that it's going to run out, that other people have more than we do, it becomes a reflection of ourselves. So in a lot of ways, money can be a mirror for the worst things and the best things. Um, but it's all about how you choose to frame it. And it's all about the focus that you choose to have when you're interacting with it. I love that idea that money is a mirror. I'd never thought about it like that. And that just makes so much sense to me. Like whatever you um, see in money is that is the story kind of underwriting not just your financial life right like your broader interactions in your relationships can you expand on that a little bit like how those stories are bigger than just money i think that money more than any other thing um is kind of clouded in this all of the things that we not, didn't necessarily give to it ourselves, but it's kind of absorbed over time. And these things that we learn about what it is, how it works, and how the world works through the frame of money. I think, you know, money makes the world go round. Um, you know, money is the root of all evil. And we think about the way that it's positioned in our culture. Um, it, it is really the center of the universe. And that's just because of the the construct of capitalism that we live in it it has to be for the system to work but i think that the trick and i guess it's a kind of genius trick by capitalism and governments and all of that we're going down this path meg it's happening i'm so excited (laughs) got like such a big smile on my face right now (laughs) i guess the trick of all of that is that we kind of just absorb it and we don't question it it's kind of this unquestioned answer like we already know we already we already assume that we know all of the answers about it even though we've never taken a moment to go wait a second like is that even actually true about money Mm. um but i think what we've all learned and i think this this applies to women as much as it applies to men i think it just applies to society in general I think universally we kind of have this idea that money is hard or it's challenging, mm. that it's it's not easy to come by, that it's, you know, earning it is hard work, you're going to have to sweat, you know, we're going to have to put, you know, some hard work in to get a reward mm. that is money-based. Money um, there isn't enough of it to go around, so you're always going to be scrounging and scraping, someone else is always going to have more, you're always going to have to strive mm. to get more of it, mm. there's not enough. And I think the most fundamental thing that none of us question is that there is nothing that we can do about this. That's just the way that the world is. Mm. And I am so passionate about changing that stereotype because I think the moment that we can settle into this idea that whatever we value is is worth, you know, whatever we, we value and whatever we want to exchange our money for is the most important thing like it's not set by something external um and the moment that we can you know express gratitude for the circumstances that we find ourselves in at this moment you kind of feel the the grip of that loosen a little bit and you can kind of go wow actually um you know whether i have another 
$50,000 or whatever, whatever that, you know, number, that ideal number is in your head, it kind of just, it loosens its grip and you can kind of see with a new, a new clarity what actually matters to me? What do I value? What, what, are, how can I make this work for me rather than me chasing it? Mm. So many things just like brain explosions happening over here <laughs> in a good way. Like, so this idea that, um, you, you talked a lot about value and values, mm. right? And, mm-hmm. and I like that just thinking about the interconnectedness of those two things. Yep. So, if we have these beliefs and stories that money's really hard to make, yep. does that imply that we're inherently positioning ourselves in a lower value in some way, like that we're not valuable? That we're not valuable. Do you see that playing out a little bit with your clients? Yeah, totally. And I think that interconnectedness between you know your self worth and what you're willing to ask for in a in a money sense, but also kind of what what matters to you like what feels good to you i think that we go well you know everybody's buying houses and buying cars and doing all of these things that are a value exchange a money exchange but when was the last time that you stopped and went do i want to do those things do those things matter to me does my do i want my life to look that way um the moment that we do that we actually give ourselves permission and we value you know what is actually truly authentically our ideas and our what, what's important to us as an individual without kind of buying into that collective keeping up with the Joneses mentality mm. that I think just kind of pits us all against each other and, and makes us all poorer you know mentally and you know spiritually and you know that it kind of bleeds the community out of all of that interaction mm. I, you know I'm I'm not in the game of like bad mouthing people on the podcast but like the example that I always use with my clients is that you could go out and read Barefoot Investor right and you come away feeling so overwhelmed that I've got to invest and I've got to buy a house and I've got to you know have savings account for my kids education and I've got to and actually what you're saying is if you truly know yourself and you truly have that understanding of what your values are then actually earning money and spending money in alignment with that feels really good and you don't have to do everything is that is that kind of the idea a hundred percent a hundred percent and i think it's just about that it's about that alignment like what 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 how do you want to feel how do you want your life to feel that's the fundamental question because money, really, when you think about it, you know, um, say you want to buy, you know, whatever, a red sports car or a new pair of shoes or something, like what, it's not the thing that you want, it's the feeling that the thing is going to give you, mm. always. So when you can actually be really clear about what is the feeling, are you, are you looking for freedom, are you looking for confidence, um, do you need to actually buy a thing to get to get that right now how can you settle into that feeling right now in this exact moment that you're in and empowering yourself to do that constantly and saying I have actually the resources inside me I don't actually need to go out into the world and exchange my time for a thing to feel good Mm. to feel the way I want to feel Um, and when you start from that place it doesn't feel like such a push You're not saying, I need more money so I can buy more shoes. You're saying, 
I just want to feel confident. So I want to find ways to feel confident. And I think you're just open, naturally more open to opportunities that will kind of put you in the position to feel that way. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a base of the law of attraction, right? Like, it makes total sense for me. I think getting to that point, thinking back to, like, my 20s when I just had no... Like, I wasn't taught money. Like, I had no concept of that I needed to manage it or that, like... I just, I just had no, like, concept of it, you know? So it was just this rotating door of, like lots of money coming in and then lots of money going out the door again and so I think now I have that understanding of like what I actually am seeking is um you know sometimes I'm spending for soothing myself sometimes I'm spending a lot of my values and I really have a clear idea of being in my body now to be able to discern that but like thinking back to that time when I was like so overwhelmed and out of control what advice would you give to like the the early mid twenties me about like where to start to empower myself financially? I think it has to come down to the facing the feelings. Like where is it coming from? And I think you know you, the fact that you just said you know you can be in your body now and you can kind of know where is this coming from? What's motivating this decision? It's finding a way to get back to the root of that. And a, 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 an exercise I love to do with my clients. Um, early on is you know what is your earliest money memory Mm. and I think that it's really powerful because it's I think surprisingly for me a lot of early memories are quite positive you know it's like getting pocket money or you know getting getting 50 cents and being able to go down to the shops and choose whatever you like or positive things but I think that kind of subconscious absorption of the way that it worked in your house Mm. isn't really something that you can put your finger on. It's just something that kind of happens by osmosis. You know, was there always, you know, kind of quarrels about money? Not Maybe not necessarily fighting, but was there always this kind of underlying tension that you felt around money that nobody necessarily explicitly spoke about, but you, you felt as a child so now, you know, as an adult, are you feeling that again? Are you feeling like it's got, it's all going to disappear? Um, and I think the, the power in identifying that is that you can look at it and go, okay, what am I actually saying about this stuff? Like, what are the feelings that are coming up when I think about money now? And, you know, writing all of those out and actually spending the time looking at that and, you know, if you're writing things like I'm, you know, I'm not smart enough to invest. I don't even know where to start. I never learned about money. This is all really hard. Like that's such. They're all common things, and such universal things. Like it doesn't matter where you grew up, what kind of family you grew up in. We inherit these things, and we learn these things not just from our families, but from the world. Mm. Like it's it, it's the dialogue around money. It's just the way that it is. So I think if you can write those things out and then actually look at them and say, do I actually want this statement to be true? I'm bad at investing. I'm not smart enough to invest. Do I want that to be true? Is it true? Like how can I – That I mean, that's the, really the first step to rewriting the story. Mm. It's looking at, you know, what is actually – what actually is present, you know, at, in that moment and and turning it on its head so wise like actually stopping running away from it and turning around and facing it and that includes like 
looking at how much you owe, I guess. So like in a practical yeah. sense, just getting familiar with the discomfort of like where you are, where you've landed. And being gentle with yourself about it. I mm. mean, you know, there, there's so much, you know, most of our negative money associations are either tied to shame, fear or guilt. They all come from those things, you know, or anger. So when we think about a negative association that we have with money, it probably comes from one of those things. Mm. Um, and it can be really hard to dismantle that without really understanding where it comes from and without, you know, I think if you start there, then you can go into the practical steps. But the moment that you say, I made some dumb decisions, like I know that I need to get this under control and the, that's an empowering kind of position to take in itself because mm. you're going, right, I know where this stuff is coming from. I know what I need to do to change it. Because once you start the mindset stuff going, the practical stuff is a lot easier to stick to because you actually know when you kind of, you know, veer off course, you know, wait a second, I know what's happening here. This is triggering that really shameful memory that I had when I was 21 and I spent all that stupid amount of money on whatever, you know, and I had to get another credit card out, like, whatever that story is for you being able to go I know what this is I know what's happening here and how to course correct is so powerful mm. it's so powerful I love it can you talk me through just some of the like two or three top stories that you hear like the most common kind of subconscious stuff going on for women and money oh god there are so many but I think Probably the most common is, you know, I'm no good at this. Yeah. I've never done this before. Um, and it's very deferential attitude, which I think is um, just part of being a woman in the patriarchy, right? Yes. But is also, um, I mean, there's nothing in our education system, in Australia at least, that really promotes financial literacy. It, there's, you know, we learn trigonometry and algebra but we don't learn how to file a tax return or how to, you know, pull together a basic budget. Like it's, there's almost a part of you, if you want to kind of be a little bit silver hat about it, silver foil hat about it, that is, feels a bit like they're trying to keep you uninformed so you don't change, you know, you don't change anything. Mm. You don't try harder. You don't strive for more. You don't actually say, wait a second. I can make this money work for me, not the other way around. So that is absolutely the number one story. And I think part of rewriting that bit is actually doing the work and educating yourself about well, what does it actually mean to me to know how to manage my money? How would that feel? Like, mm. what, do I, what do I need to actually feel in control to feel like I can do this in a way that is going to facilitate you know exactly what I want what I want to accomplish with my money totally and for me like the number one reason why I wanted to do this work was not so that I had heaps of wealth like that wealth has never been a value of my wealth accumulation uh. it's never and it probably in the foreseeable future won't be but what's a top value of mine is like learning and growth right yeah. so how can I frame doing this work in that context and then I'm in love with the feeling of feeling powerful like in my uh. life right I'm in love with that feeling in my body and to feel powerful 
over my money rather than the other way around. Like yep. that's totally motivating. But I love that you said it's almost like we're being kept out of the secret club. Like it's a hundred percent true. Mm. It's exactly what's happened in the world. Like to keep yep. power and money in the hands of a few white men, then yep. like what better way to do that than by, you know, purposefully removing us from um, money. I guess what I find fascinating, Kat, is why we expect to be experts at this when we've never had any education on it and why money in particular feels so hard to take that first step to get educated and why it's almost like we have a visceral reaction when, you know, when you open the paper to the stocks and you're like, ah, you know, like, what is that? What's going on there, do you think? I think that's probably related to that lack of education and that idea that everybody knows what to do except you Mm. and there is so much you know I I think smarter people do this you know I'm not smart enough to do this that kind of it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because if you never take the time to actually learn what it's about you're never going to kind of be in the position to make money from it so I think the moment that we kind of dismantle the shame around that and go, actually, none of us know what the stock market is about. Mm. And it's probably designed in that way. Like, think about it like that. You know, the terminology, the, you know, the way that they speak about it in, you know, financial publications, on financial television, you know, it's meant to keep you at a distance. It's for the few. So don't, you know... Starting from there and saying, "Well, I've I missed this session, so I'm I can't possibly learn enough to to kind of enter myself into that world." Instead of saying, "You know, I've been purposefully excluded from this, um, I'm going to learn what I need to, so I can get involved." Mm. Because when you actually take the time to to look into it, you know, even you know, I am not a financial advisor. I need to say this right up front because I, I don't give financial advice. It's it's not what I do I'm a mindset coach primarily um you know and we do a lot of kind of budget frameworks and that kind of stuff but I don't give financial advice um but just this idea of you know if there's something that you're passionate about if you're passionate about you know you know sustainability if you want to if you think that you know sustainable power is important or electric cars are important you have the power with your money. If you want to make an investment in something, in a company that's doing that, you can do that. Like, you don't have to make it any more complicated than that. Mm. You know, so finding, doing your research, and rather than thinking, you know, what are the best performing stocks for this quarter or anything like that, just saying, what what do I believe in? Mm. How do I want to use my money as a kind of vehicle for good, as a way to kind of make social change, as a way to support the causes that I believe in and actually you know directing your money in that way there's such intention and purpose in that and I mean as an investment strategy you know I think that that's such a conscious way to live Mm. and to spend and I think I mean for me it's all about the consciousness of spending consciousness about how it makes you feel where it's going what it means like what are the outcomes like you know are you buying from you know as much as you can like it's not possible all the time but are you supporting the world that you want to live in because mm. if you aren't using your money in that way and it makes you feel shit then you kind of have to think about it if, if you aren't using your money in that way and then you're going 
you know, I, why are people still using plastic and why are, you know, whatever? Why are people still polluting and why is coal still a thing? If you're getting angry about that stuff, you have a voice. Like, you have a vote with your cash and that is the most powerful vote you have. Oh, just talking my language. I just love it. <laughs> I love it because these are the conversations that we need to have, Kat, I reckon, around... Totally. Around... Um, reframing money in the lens of the feminine, right? Like it's yeah. like how do we reclaim money and express it in our own way, in our mm-hmm. own voice, in our own unique selves. And I think that the, what you're saying is so radical but so um, wonderful because I guess this podcast is all about how we can take this personal work that we're doing and empowerment work and take it beyond the self, right, into the collective. Absolutely. And I think so often we're like, oh, it's too hard to make social change. But my whole thing is it's actually really easy if your intention is there and if you can find purpose in all the things you do, even if that's spending money at the grocery store or telling Coles to fuck off with their, like, little plastic things you know like <laughs> oh, <laughs> go away no go no day. I'm not collecting those no and like they look at you when you've got a kid as if I like know. are you sure and then the you woman behind you goes yourself. I'll have them and you're like oh mate no anyway so what tell me about like play the tape through and tell me about what are some of the benefits you see from your clients like when they start rewriting these money stories and start, I guess, from that point, following up practically? I think the moment that you kind of can be really clear about how you want to feel and what actually, what what your value, like what do you value? What do you actually want to use your money for? Why do you need it? What's it for? How do you want to, how do you want to use it? Um, it completely changes everything because through that, that clarity you can actually you can get rid of so much junk and noise and go you know that tape that we play of if only I had X amount more money or I just need this much more so I can blah that we probably just play automatically like Mm. this kind of there's not enough money this week or you know whatever there's more bills to pay and this constant scarcity mindset the moment that we can go you know I just want to feel ease I just want to feel you know like what what actually makes you happy going on a camping trip with my family makes me happy I don't need thousands of dollars to do that that's where I feel my best that's where I feel most connected to myself where I feel most connected to my values that's where I'm most my most conscious um so you know what what are those things really spend some time getting clear on that and I think the moment that you do that and you have the courage to kind of define what success in big inverted air quotes means to you what financial success means to you then you can you've got something to aim for yeah I love that and so it sounds like when um, when you start doing this work it feels like much more alignment between and consciousness between where you want to go and how you're behaving and how you're spending and that must feel really good you know in the body I think 
Oh, totally. Mm. Yeah, totally. And I think always, I mean, with my clients, this work always starts in this frame and we kind of go through all of that, you know, what are your early money, money memories and, you know, all that kind of money association work and but it bleeds out and it kind of spills out I guess into every other area of your life because when you're thinking in this kind of more open way um, everything just feels a little bit easier nothing feels quite as constricted and tight um, in your body because when you can define you know I want to feel X I want to feel happy I want to feel free I want to feel joyful I want to feel you know whatever it is then you're going to make choices financial choices but also just life choices that are aligned with that and you can go you know hanging out with that person who is just you know bitching about other people the whole time doesn't make me feel that good so I'm going to let it go and that might not have a direct correlation with your you know financial life but it's all interconnected we can't separate it out so there are benefits that are kind of cumulative and really holistic really well i imagine in relationships too right like i just think about how many conversations i have with my partner about money and um and i think that that underlying stress it can be such a big factor you know when you're raising young kids and Mm. and when there's not that alignment between the two of you and so I, i guess there's relationship benefit but in my experience there's also this shifting from scarcity to kind of abundance and gratitude Mm. has just made me so much more settled and content and you almost begin to see the matrix what it is right you begin to see the capitalist matrix trying to sell you something based on the idea that something's wrong with you and you're able to just stand in your center and see that and like whatever of course we go through moments of buying the thing and then feeling horrendous afterwards but like that's all feedback you know and I think um just that that contentment and and um gratitude even when there's bills coming in and even Mm. when that doesn't feel like there's enough it's a much more spiritual and holistic view of money I think which often gets overlooked when we get bogged down in the like but I just need a budget kind of conversation totally Mm. totally and I think I mean for me it's a very fine line because I think this kind of abundance mindset thing can kind of it's it's almost morphed into this manifestation think about it and it will become real thing Mm. which I think really oversimplifies this whole this whole thing and I hate you know I manifested business class flights to blah just by doing these five simple things this kind of clickbaity way of using that law of attraction I suppose um, to make people think that they just as long as you kind of learn this thing by rote you're going to get it like it's mm. going to you're going to bring all this magic into your life but it really is just I mean abundance is just about like gratitude yeah that's all it comes down to totally um and just recognition of what what is present rather than what is lacking Mm. so on that i mean something that i'm super keen to do um with anyone that comes on the podcast is is just to lean into those things that are working well so in your life right now 
Um, and to like to, to show women that it's okay to, to lean into the good things, you know, ah. that we don't always have to focus on fixing stuff. So for you right now, like, what are you loving? What's going really well? Like, what are you really grateful for right now? I'm grateful for the, the kind of balance and the mix that I have going on in my, you know, professional business, mother life, parent life. Um, and I feel really fortunate to live in a time when, you know, I can actually design my days and my life, how I, how it works for me, how it works for my family. Um, so I, I'm working a couple of days a week in a corporate job. I'm running my business and I'm a mom a couple of days a week as well. So like for me that balance works at the moment I think when more kids come along that's probably not going to be quite as easy a juggle um but you know it's parenthood is is hard and you know the the struggle of the juggle everybody kind of talks about and it can be hard but I think I, I just feel so grateful that I have choices I think more than anything I'm that's it's working well for me and for my family at this moment. And I think working in this business, I mean, I'm so passionate about doing this work, so passionate. And just connecting with clients on this level and having these conversations and actually watching these transformations, um, you know, in real time is the most gratifying work that I've ever done. So just being able to do that um, and get paid for that you know, actually really deliver value, actually say, I want to do this thing and I think that it's valuable and I think that, you know, people will actually gain something. They, sh- they should be paying me for this work and standing in that because that's uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and seeing the reward and actually seeing, you know, transformations is is amazing. Mm. I love that. I think just focusing on the choice that we have, like, and seeing that as a benefit as opposed to, like, oh, I've just got so much choice. You know, it is a, it's a privilege. and um, It really is. It really is. It really is. Enough said on that. Yeah. So just to finish up, Kat, like, what's the change that you would love to see in the world from this work? Like, from these individuals that are doing this work, what do you see your role as a catalyst in social change being? Like, what's the change you want to see out there? I want to change the conversations that we have around money. I want to shift the paradigm. I want it to be, you know, we talk about sex so easily. Mm. We can, you know, spill the gory details of everything that's happened to our closest girlfriends. But the moment that you ask how much are you on, how much money are you earning or, you know, whatever did you get a bonus or how are you investing what are your investment strategies it's nobody can talk about that it's still so taboo and i just it's kind of outrageous that it's still like that so i want to have more challenging conversations i want to have deeper conversations and i want it you know to be about that kind of stuff but just to be about consciousness Mm. like what do you value what matters to you um that that's really the change I want to see. And I think fundamentally, you know, to shift a paradigm, you need to challenge what's currently true. And I think none of us and not enough of us 
really question those inherited stories. So I think working with people to rewrite those is, you know, such exciting and powerful work because words have so much power. I believe in, you know, I've always been a writer. I love writing. Um, I have a background in comms. So actually working with people to craft those in really considered ways and to I kind of get down to the nitty-gritty detail of what does that word mean and what does that word mean and how can we make sure that this is really resonating in a way that feels in your body like it's yours mm. oh I love that I get like sh- like chills down my spine <laughs> thinking about that um also I was just manifesting all these like amazing um workshops that we're going to do together in my head as you were talking so it's very exciting but um how do people find you and where can people learn more about um what you have to offer you can go to my website it's kat vasalo k-a-t-v-a-s-a-l-l-o.com um and i'm on instagram at kat.vasalo and i'm also on facebook um you can just forward slash kat.vasalo amazing and Kat, before we finish, I just want to share with the listeners, maybe because I totally agree with you that we need to change the conversation. And my thing is we need to change it by making our own stories real and like vulnerable and putting them out there. So just to make everyone feel like better, is there a story that you could share about your own kind of financial empowerment work? Um, and, or maybe a story that you've had to work really hard to change uh, just before we finish up. When I was a teenager, my parents went through some really bad financial times. Um, my dad lost a lot of money. And before that, we'd always been in a really good position. And seeing my parents go through that and the impact of that, Um, what we kind of all had to sacrifice in that moment was a very visceral experience. And I think I went, you know, my dad was always very money conscious. We used to get an allowance and we used to have to kind of account for every cent. And if we hadn't, um, we wouldn't get our allowance the next fortnight. And then when all that happened, that all kind of stopped and we didn't get this allowance anymore. So I had to get a job and... I remember kind of getting this job and thinking I have to save every cent and I have to be really smart about this and then never actually doing it. And I don't know whether there was something about that I kind of absorbed about that the loss of that, that money, like what that meant, um, that I kind of just went, what's the point of trying – to, to do this if you know it can all just disappear in in, in the blink of an eye mm. um, with one bad decision so I think I, I was quite mis, mistrustful of money um, and my husband is incredible with money and I know that as a women's empowerment coach I shouldn't be saying that but um, financial empowerment coach but we really worked together because I mean he we both got better together, I think, because he had a lot of debt. Um, when we got together, we really decided like what what our financial goals were, what our, what our priorities were. Did we want to buy a house? Did we want to travel? What mattered? How did we want to spend our money in meaningful ways? And I think 
it was really from that point that I that I started to change that relationship. But I still pers- like I still find myself kind of putting my fingers in my ears and going blah 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 and spending money on on stuff sometimes. Like when I'm not feeling really anchored in myself, when you know life is busy and stuff is going on, um, and just being back in that moment of like what's the point it's all mm. going to disappear anyway mm. so I think that I mean I guess the, the moral of the story is that you can always change you can always change your truth mm. you can always change what's real for you you can always change how the story is going to finish how the story is going to continue you don't need to keep repeating the same habits because I think that the, the strength in identifying where something is coming from is the most important step Mm. before you can actually make a change thank you for sharing that um, and being so open with that I just think it's really important that even as coaches we um, can share that we still struggle as well um, and that everyone's really human and I think what you've done um, on this episode is really given women permission to Um, own their values and rewrite their money story based on what they want and I think the more people saying that the better and the more times we hear that and we reinforce it to each other the better so so much gratitude for chatting with us today and I guess people can stay tuned for more things to come I hope in the future absolutely thank you for having me Meg it's been a pleasure chatting to you great thanks Kat